Hello, everybody. We are on to episode 11. And on this episode, we are going to talk about professional development for faculty, specifically three things that you need to focus on when creating and organizing your professional development workshops. Hello, everyone. My name is David Campman, and this is of Tech and Learning, where we cover technology, learning, and education, and everything in between. Hello, everybody. This is episode 11, and the topic today is professional development for higher education, and specifically professional development for education technology-related stuff. So summer is here for a lot of the different higher ed institutions, and when we were getting ready at our institution for summer, we were looking at ways and opportunities for professional development for our faculty uh, throughout the summer. And we always try to do a variety of workshops, but getting people to attend workshops is an interesting challenge. No matter the topic, it always is uh, something of a marketing effort that you have to go through in a way to really get people to uh, come sometimes. So I wanted to go through what I consider uh, the three important areas to focus on in encouraging uh, professional development, uh, and that is time, relevance, and levels of expertise. So let's look at time first. So we are doing workshops over the summer because time is more available for faculty. They have less classes that are running over the summer uh, in comparison to the fall and spring semesters for our, our institution. And our faculty are not, quote unquote, on the clock, so to speak, uh, with you know, other obligations for their teaching. So summer kind of works out well in terms of having available time and yet it doesn't because everything else is happening during the summer. Faculty are doing family events. They have planned other types of uh, projects possibly to work on. Uh, different consortiums are gathering. It's a very busy time in a sense. So what we do is we try to find what times will work for our faculty um, our faculty usually have these different days where a lot of them will come in to meet with new students. And that takes about half the day. And so we will try to put workshops on the other half of that day to encourage the faculty to stay that extra part of the day. They're already on campus and attend a workshop. So that's one of our tricks that we kind of came up with that seemed to work very well. The other one is really kind of asking faculty and then using uh, a sorting mechanism to find out what works best for faculty. So uh, using a 
calendar system in Excel in a way. You're just we're putting in all the different time slots. Uh, we group them by half days over the summer. We ask faculty to put in days where they know that they are unavailable. So we know we're not going to get everything and we know they're not going to catch all the things that they are going to be doing and that's fine but it gives us a much clearer picture when we look at the total numbers of all of our faculty of what days we really should not host a workshop because that's what we're looking for we know we're not going to make a, our schedule work for everybody but we want to at least make it work for as many possible people that we can and if they know they're not going to be there and it's not going to work, you know, then it works out very well for us time-wise. Now, the last part about time that I want to talk about is sometimes, especially with education technology-related stuff, you know, covering new software, sometimes doing things in the summer is the worst possible time to do it because they learn about it and then when they have class that they are actually going to work with it that could be months down the road and it's no longer fresh in their mind there are others that are exactly opposite where we want to get it as far away from the actual class time as possible to give faculty time to develop and practice and become very proficient on what they're doing so Knowing when you need to have the time is also important. All right, next up is relevance. And relevance, just like when talking with students, relevance is extremely important. If you do not show why this technology tool is going to be worth the faculty's time to learn, to develop, to implement, then they're not going to attend. And even if they attend, they're not going to use it. And then that's, that's basically worthless uh, for them to waste their time coming and then not use it. And not everybody is going to see the relevance right away of a tech tool. And on top of that, not all tools are relevant to all people. I believe that the most that an educational technology tool can be absolutely relevant to a faculty member is about probably max of 70 to 75 percent of your total faculty. There's always going to be that contingent of like 20 to 25 to 30 percent, somewhere in that range, of people that it's just not going to work for them to use. Either they already have something that works just fine as it is, or it just doesn't apply at all. So making it relevant and really explaining why it's relevant, showing what is the impact features and how this can actually improve the class, improve management, improve the teaching, improve the communication. That is why you need to do that. And that way those 70% of people will see this and go, oh, that is really relevant. Now, not all of them are going to jump in, and that's a whole different game because you have that whole uh, curve of adoption of how many people are going to attend and adopt technology tools. But making it relevant at least will make it open 
to as many people as possible. The last part that I want to talk about is the expertise level that the technology requires of faculty. Now, there just are some tools that are very, very easy to implement and some that are not easy to implement. And given where faculty are at with their different technology skills, not all are going to find it to be even remotely possible to implement. Now, one example that I can always think of is we require screencasting your course to new students in the class. Basically, walking them through, you know, this is where the assignments are, this is where you can contact me, things like that. And so we do a workshop on screen capturing, and it just is not going to work to lump everybody together for many reasons. And one big reason is that some people will grasp the basic concepts of screen capturing and move on quite quickly. And for others, we need to do repetition work on those basic features before we can move on to more advanced things. Now, when you heard that, hopefully that sounded a lot like a lot of classrooms out there where normal things are covered. So it's important for us to think of our classes for faculty development in the same sense that we do our classes with our students. So we can do this a couple ways and the way that if it works with time features is we will separate out and we'll have a couple different levels of workshops. One where it's very clear that this is being focused on the basics and the core features that you will need to use in order to be successful. And the other is really going to be talking about you'll learn the basics and then we're also going to cover some of the more finer details that will make it quicker and more uh, functional for you to use in long term. Because there's a lot of those little nuances that are sometimes tough to grasp, but once you get it, everything goes a little smoother down the road. So that's what we try to do, and it doesn't always work. And if it doesn't work, then we take extra time afterwards to work with those faculty that need the extra attention when it gets closer to when they are doing their recordings. So in this example, you should have seen time, relevance, expertise levels covered multiple times. It is something that you have to focus on, and if you're not focused on these three things when you're coming up with how to work with professional development with your faculty, you're going to struggle, and you might not be near as successful with rolling out new technology, with adoption rates, and with success rates. Because if you don't have faculty comfortable with technology and have it when they need it, then they're not going to use it. And all it takes is one time for it not to work, especially if it's the first time they try it. If they go into a classroom setting and the tech doesn't work, they are going to be extremely hesitant to try it again. So the preparation, the training, that stuff can make the rollout 
much more successful. All right, so I hope you had a really good uh, time listening. And I want to bring up a new tool that, well, it's not technically new, but it is kind of new. Uh, one that's really going to be useful for creating different uh, content to share. And it's called Adobe Spark. Adobe Spark uh, is Adobe's newest release of a web-based product. And what it is, it's kind of a combination of three mobile apps that they currently have. Adobe Post, Slate, and Voice. And what's really awesome is that now you can access all the same stuff now through the website. So before you had to have a smartphone to create the content, now you can have a computer and you're good to go. So it's really going to open up opportunities. And this might be one that you want to use with your faculty. So take a look at it. And that might end up being one of your next uh, workshops that you come up with to use with your faculty. So what I like to think about uh, tools like this, and I, this is how I bring it up to my faculty, is this is not a game changer, so to speak. It's not going to revolutionize how you teach. But what it will do is make your life easier by being able to create visual and media content quicker and it will look more professional and that is worth their time all right i hope you had a really good time and enjoy the rest of your day